and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. This is going to make me look kind of freaky. Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Oh, great news, Wolf. Uh, Iowa's now losing to Richmond. Well, don't worry about it. BPI will handle the situation. This is going to be the one time where BPI... We salute you, Sir Ron Wolfley, for you are... The Bracketeer! And what do you think... All for one, and one for Wolf! (laughs) Don't step on that. It's the most important part. Why do you think, Luke, they called me the Bracketeer? I I assumed you gave yourself that title. No, You recorded that. Oh, I did not. I I just won... The bracket challenge, often. <laughs> See how that the works. The only year I remember doing this, I won the bracket challenge, <laughs> and I didn't get a bracketeer. Yeah, that's true. Well, you won it once. Yeah, that was it. That was it. I'm, I was finito. One and done. Yeah. Straight to the NBA. There you go, that. buddy. Uh, the Cardinals three. Let me know. Okay, <laughs> you want to hang banners in here? <laughs> three Wolfley brackets. Do you remember you did, what, when what you years they were? Three, come talk to me. Well, I'm not going to get to two if uh, if Iowa keeps losing to Richmond. Why did they pick Iowa? I don't even like Iowa. Can like you imagine if we actually did the bracket challenge like we used to do, where the shows joined together? Oh yeah, totally. Oh. Game over for all yeah. the other shows. Yes. No shot. Thank That's you. Probably why Wolf. they're not doing Sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be fair. No. Appreciate you guys coming. Yeah. It would be like one of those where you're done after like midway through the second weekend. It's like, okay, well, we're going here for the third weekend, the, the Elite Eight, the Final Four. What do we got? It doesn't matter. It's already over. Uh, to football, where Bart Scott was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday and had some things to say about Kyler Murray. First of all, they uh, they asked him, where does Kyler Murray need to uh, to improve? Well, I think he has to you know learn how to point the thumb and not the finger. I think he has to understand that his body language and the way his mood and his facial expressions, you know, can can you know demean his his teammates and also discourage him. He has to understand that he always has to be positive. That even if he has the truest teammates out, he has to hold himself accountable, right? He has to make sure that he's doing everything right. He has to understand that even when it's not his fault, he's supposed to take the blame. <laughs> See that right there? What he just said at the end is something that. Man, do I feel that. Isn't that right, Graybeard? Kurt Warner would tell you right now, Basin Onions, it's always the quarterback's fault. It's always your fault. And you stand up there in front of the world and you take it. It's what a franchise quarterback does. Cleveland, the Browns would tell you it's always the quarterback's fault. (laughs) Because it's always Baker Mayfield's yes. fault, apparently. No, there, there's a lot in uh, what Bart Scott just said right there. Is that something that you just grow into over time? Or do you have to make that conscious effort? Does Kyler Murray have to say in the offseason, okay, I'm not doing anything wrong. He's not doing anything wrong. But if he wants to be a true franchise quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team, there's probably more he's going to have to do. Yeah, no, you're right, Luke. There's no doubt about it. This is something that, again, the Arizona Cardinals, I think, were hoping for. They wanted that fourth year before they actually extended him because they wanted him to go ahead and show that he's willing to do this, to continue. Listen, if you look at the first year of Kyler Murray to the third year and juxtapose those, yeah, there's no doubt about it. He's gotten way, way better. Obvious. It's not not even close. So I think the Cardinals would just like to see it one more year. Now listen, 
They may not have that luxury based on what Kyler Murray is doing right now. They're the ones that have to make that decision. I've been on the record of saying, and it's just, ladies and gentlemen, it's just my opinion. It doesn't make me right. It just makes it mine. I don't have skin in the game. It's easy for me to say this because I'm not like Steve Kime where if this goes bad, boy, it could go bad for everybody in the organization. Yeah, it's your quarterback. I, you're I don't about. have skin in the game that way. But you know what? If it was me based on earnings, I'd say, hey, Kyler, we're going to make you wait another year. We want to see this. We want to know that you're invested in doing this, becoming the best you can possibly be. You're not there yet. Are you there yet? I'd ask him the question, are you there yet? No, I'm not. Hey, listen, great. Great, because we want to make you go out there and continue to show us that you want to get better in the next year. Well, guess what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that then. I'm just not going to play. If if Kyler means that, he's not going to play under this current contract. Give me the phone. Well, that's answering that's answering one of your questions that you want to see answer over the course of the next year. And if he would say flat out, "No, I'm just not going exactly to play," right. then okay. I mean, this is your contract. <laughs> like that, you're you're partially answering so, the question. So, if we sign you to a six year, three hundred million dollar deal, I'm just throwing that number out there. Okay, six year. It's ridiculous. It wouldn't be that. It would be six year, two hundred forty, two hundred forty yeah. million okay. dollar deal right there. How do we know you're going to honor that contract? Yeah, what happens After in like four years? Three years. Three years, all of a sudden, no, nope, I, I want a new contract. You, you set a precedent right now, and for me, again, I'm picking up the phone. Uh, more from Bart Scott on with uh, with Burns and Gambo yesterday. He says the uh, the Cardinals should wait. He said what, essentially what you said, Wolf, except he said it in a much more fo- forceful Bart Scott-like tone. I'm going to make them play it out. You don't dictate the rules of engagement to me. Who the hell do you think you are? You haven't done anything. Prove me, prove me something. Show me something. I mean, we've given you everything that you can ask for from an offensive standpoint. We went and got you uh, Rodney Hudson that, that shored up your, your, your offensive line. We got you James Conner. We had your strong running game. We went and got you A.J. Green, who will probably walk in the Hall of Fame. We got you the best uh, receiver in the game, DeAndre Hopkins. We got you Zach Ertz. What do you need? Like, if you can't win with this, once we pay you, we can't afford to keep all these type of players around. It's really hard to argue at the end of that. They have given him the pieces. I'm not I'm not blaming Kyler Murray for yeah. the fact the Cardinals don't have a playoff win. When he came in here, they were a three-win team. That wasn't that long ago. But they have put pieces around him, and it's going to be a lot harder to put pieces around him if he gets all the money right now. No, you're right. And I would agree with that right now once again it's easy for me to say this because i don't have that skin in the game so to speak where my reputation dare i say my job could be determined based on how this all plays out with kyler murray it's easy for me to just say that hey listen kyler you know what we're gonna ask you one more year to go ahead and develop with us grow with us show us you want to be that guy think more we as opposed to I, for one more year. Either way, the bigger picture here is that they are eventually going to pay Kyler Murray, whether it's this year or next year. I think it'll be this year. It's going to get a lot harder to bring guys in at free agency. It's going to get a lot harder to make the the, the salaries work. You're going to have to hit in the draft. Hey, Kyler. How would you like a six year a six year three hundred million dollar contract? How would you like that? 
One more year. You wait one more year and you show us that you are developing that way toward that end. Man, we'll open up the bank for you. Yeah, gladly. I mean, you won't be able to sign anybody else, but you'll gladly do it because you'll have your you'll have your guy. Yeah, but you know what? The salary cap's going to go up again. It's going to go up again, and honestly, so what? You're going to pay him fifty million a year. That's the going rate. That's what it would be well, if he developed and and did well and played well and developed as the leader that you want to see. Yeah, you know what? I'd pay him with a smile on my face. Yeah, I mean, if he checks these boxes, these questions that people have, and the Cardinals end up in the NFC Championship game next year. Maybe they don't win it, but they get to the NFC Championship game, and you have no questions about Kyler Murray. Absolutely, you can have whatever you want. You can have all of it. We'll put the pieces around the quarterback at that point if the quarterback is that good. Uh, the weather is getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water for life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA. Text SWIM to 620-620. Coming up, March Madness is here, so does Arizona have a chance to divide the valley? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. And Mike Garofolo just said Fletcher Cox will be released by the Eagles with a post-June 1st designation, sources say. Uh, now a free agent, but the team and his representatives continue to have discussions about a possible return. There are guys out there, and there are more guys appearing out there the deeper Whoa, we get into free agency. Man. What is his contract right now? What is his contract status? Why, um, did, why did they release him? At 4 p.m., $18 million would have become fully guaranteed. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. Maybe there that, that might be why. Right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fletcher Cox. Man, I'll tell you what. If this happened like two years ago, which it never would have happened, they would have given him the $18 million. Yeah. But Fletcher Cox is one of the most dynamic defensive linemen, three techniques in the NFL. Yeah. But it is interesting, some of these names that keep popping up out there. And it's funny, I, I just, I'm looking through Twitter during some of the breaks and people are, are freaking out that the Cardinals haven't really added anything yet. There's still time. There are still players becoming available. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I can't imagine that we get through, I don't know what, like a week, two weeks here where they're not adding pieces. There are still big names out there. Like the market hasn't completely dried up. I can't imagine the Cardinals are done and ready for the draft, you know, and, and I know you're going to add a few smaller guys, but you still have, you do still have some money here. You just got to get creative with it. I, 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 part of me wonders, Wolf, it really does. I know we're going to talk March Madness here, but what we were just talking about, I wonder if they already have the parameters of a deal in place with Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least mentally. At least like this is what it's going to cost. So we can't spend this money on a free agent yeah, right now. I know, man. It is very, very interesting right now. It's one of the reasons why I said Kyler Murray, you got to fix this before anything else. Yeah, you said that two weeks going, ago. Going into free agency, of course. Going into this day, the start of the league year, you you had to have this fixed by then. Um, you had to have it figured out. You had to have the plan, what it was that you were going to do. And it's very interesting right now 
Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with what the Cardinals have done and what they haven't done. I really am. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty jacked up about it, only from the standpoint that this team is going to be more physical. In my, in, in my world, in my understanding of what I'm reading right now in the signings they've made, this team is going to be more physical offensively. That's a great start. A paradigm shift, I think, has happened. Now, I could be dead wrong on this, ladies and gentlemen, but a paradigm shift has happened. And Kyler Murray's going to go under center more, and they're going to go ahead and be more physical. And that's exactly what I think they need to do. More base and more physical. And that's a great start. Now, I know a lot of people are all upset about Chandler Jones, and rightfully so. But honestly, going into free agency, where was your level of hope that Chandler Jones is going to be an Arizona Cardinal. Less than 5% uh, <laughs> yesterday you. before he signed when we were like, there might be a better chance because he still hasn't signed. It was less than 5%. For the most part, you just knew Chandler Jones was going to be paid and he was going to go. Listen, they replaced Christian Kirk, ladies and gentlemen, with Zach Ertz. That's what they did. It's going to be more two tight ends than three wide receivers going forward. That's the move they made, and I love it because it's going to be a more physical team when it matters in a rundown situation. How's your bracket look now? We're four games in. I'm uh, I'm three and one. I, You're talking about Kyler Murray. I need I could use some help from Keegan Murray of Iowa right now because <laughs> otherwise this is all it's all moot if Iowa loses. This is so. How did I get tied to Iowa? Where did you have Iowa? You had them going all the way. Is that what you're saying? No, I just I have them coming out of that region because you don't you don't want to have a bunch of number ones. Although sneaky way to go through and and, and zig when everybody else is zagging when you're filling out your bracket is to just go four number ones because nobody ever wants to pick four number ones. Yeah. So if it actually played out that way, which it typically doesn't, you have all final four. Wow. It's a good point by you. All right. So here's here's the. Um, the, the the situation that uh, we're all going to be monitoring here, starting when U of A plays their first game. Lafonso Ellis on Sunday, Selection Sunday, talked about Arizona's path in the South region. Right now, as I see it, the the yes, if they would move on to get to a team either to get to a team like Illinois because of Kofi Coburn uh, in the middle. Uh, they could, and the way that they could shoot the basketball could give them problems. But Illinois has really been struggling a little bit as late shooting the basketball. So right now, between the two brackets, I think Arizona has the easiest path. They, um, of course, Houston lies in wait. <laughs> when he says the easier path, would you like to define that, my brother? Houston lies in wait, do they not? This is what I'm going to do. Oh, this is what I should have done. I don't know if I'm going to do it now, because if Iowa loses, I'm not going to care about March Madness. I mean, that is just so right there. Houston, BPI, number two. Number two, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody, Gonzaga and and Houston, okay, and number three, Arizona. Somebody needs to just add up the BPI of all 16 teams in each region, <laughs> and there you'll know which one's the easiest region. It's so sweet. That's a great thought by you. I'm sure they do that already. Well, somebody needs to send it to me then so I don't have to look for it. Um, what happens, Wolf, if U of A goes on this run that a lot of people believe they're going to go on, and, and I do believe they're going to go on it. I, I laughed the last few years, and every time, you know, there's a lot of people from U of A that work in this building. Uh, I know a lot of people from U of A. I'm sure you do as well. And all those years where they're like, oh, this is Sean Miller's year. It was never going to be Sean Miller's year. But I think they're going to go on a run this year. I really like, I think they're going to win the whole thing. And if they win the whole thing, it's going to be really 
interesting psychologically to see the fans in in the city of Phoenix because I'll hate it. I went to ASU. I'm guessing most people that went to ASU are going to hate it. But what about the people that just live in the Valley that didn't go to U of A or ASU? I'm guessing they're going to get around the Elite Eight or the Final Four. They're going to start rallying around it. Yeah, you know, honestly, right now, this has always been a divided state. When it comes to men's basketball, yeah, it always has. But it hasn't really mattered in like 20 years. Like U of A is always good, but they're yeah. not really going anywhere in the tournament yeah, for a while. I, I know, but I guess what I'm saying is um, this state has grown accustomed to the U of A being really, really good, being relevant on the college basketball scene, and ASU not being very relevant. Yeah, No comment. Right? You can drive back to Phoenix. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. We appreciate that. So I mean, I, what's going to change? I think what's going to change has always been the case. Yeah, but okay, I want to make sure I word this the right way. If they get to the final four, then you have that third weekend. Then you have that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading into that. That's the whole week. I just named every day of the week. Um, <laughs> I was thinking they were playing on Thursday, but the, the final four is on Saturday and Monday. So you have that whole week of buildup. Okay, U of A is one of the final four teams. That to me is a big enough deal where it's going to get your friend who didn't go to U of A or ASU. That's I'm, I'm not trying to minimize what U of A has done over the years, but they haven't been to the Final Four in a very long time. So you're 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 just your your typical sports fan that doesn't care about ASU or U of A probably isn't all that invested in whether or not U of A went twenty three and eleven or twenty two and twelve. But if U of A is in the Final Four and it's a national story for a week leading up to it, yeah. that's going to get people that don't like or dislike U of A around the Valley to be like, oh, I'm in. This is an Arizona team that has a chance to win the national championship. Like, state of Arizona, not University of Arizona. Yeah, it's just, you know, for me, once again, because of the history of the two programs right now, it's always been about U of A. It always has been. And I just don't think, I don't think that there's a lot of people here in this state that see it any other way then it's U of A, and guess what? U of A is good. If they make a run deep in the tournament, is that going to be a shock to anybody? I think it is because it's Tommy Lloyd's first year. I think, yeah, I think that is a bit of a surprise. I, I, I'm i willing to say that, but I don't think anybody in this state, for the most part, is unaccustomed to the U of A pounding and, and being better than ASU. Yeah, but it's not, I, I don't think it really matters to a percent like the swing votes basically like there's a percentage of the state that's like yeah u of a is better than asu but i don't care about u of a or asu i didn't go to either one i went to school in chicago or something but now i live in the valley yeah but if u of a is in the final four it's going to be different that's going to be like wait this is a national story this isn't just my buddy down the street went to u of a and grew up in tucson so cool good for him this is it's u of a and gonzaga and you know whoever else would be left at that point then I think all those people do, that are kind of neutral are going to be like, this is a big deal. Right. When we were talking, though, when we were talking about uh, in show prep, you were talking about the fact that, you know, you thought it was going to divide the state. Can you? Do you still believe that? Uh, I think ASU fans are going to be miserable. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Well, and, and as an ASU aren't you fan. Used to that? When yes. You say that yeah. But that will be more ASU amplified. Fans are, are used to that. But it's gonna it's gonna be more of a like uh like I feel like I'm gonna be stabbed in the back with my my friend down the street who didn't go to either schools think, like hey I'm in on U of A now did you think the U of A was gonna make a a run this year did you think they were gonna make a run in the tournament this year coming in I like Tommy Lloyd better than Sean Miller man I'll tell you what honestly right now what Tommy Lloyd has done yeah it's truly amazing 
He's pretty good at Gonzaga, too. <laughs> you know? I mean, I hear what you're saying. If he's going to do it in his first year, that's that's extra impressive. Your first year with a program. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't... Uh, it goes back to the debate we had for two or three years when, when U of A was... more of the same, man, for when, me. When they were bending over backwards to try and keep Sean Miller around. It's like, you can just bring in another coach and you guys will be just as good, if not better off. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, does the Cardinals' addition of Jeff Gladney mean they have found their other starting cornerback? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I get those goosebumps every time. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Worry about those times. I'm way too numb, yeah. It's way too dumb, yeah. I get those goosebumps every time. I need the Heimlich. Throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, when you're not around, when you throw that to the side. I get those goosebumps every time. Well, we are into... We all just agreed we thought today was Friday, and it isn't. It grows on you a little bit this rejoin, doesn't it? Yeah. Out of nowhere. kind of grows on you a little bit. We've had this rejoin just, since the first saying. episode of the show. <laughs> there it is right there with the mumble. This <laughs> <laughs> takes Wolf straight like back to the right club. There, man. Here we go. Okay. Straight to the EDM no, tent not to the <laughs> that you were in over the weekend. <laughs> no, that's not happening. No, no. Okay. All right. Okay, what were we talking about right here? We were going to talk about the Cardinals. Okay, the Cardinals. And uh, the, the one addition they have made. So far as Jeff Gladney, who we talked about a little bit yesterday, but then after the show, uh, Gambo tweeted out that uh, there were 12 teams reportedly interested in uh, in Jeff Gladney, and, okay. um, and, okay. and the Cardinals brought him in to start, not to be a depth guy. Okay. So um, the second part I don't think is necessarily a surprise. I'm just not totally sure where I am with that one yet. Like, if you don't add another corner if you're gonna let me let me rephrase this if you're gonna bring in jeff gladney to be your starter yes. to be a starter I, I want somebody pretty stable behind him i don't and it doesn't have to be somebody flashy I, i'm not expecting them to go out and, and add stefan gilmore if they want to i'm in go ahead okay, but then right, obviously right. he's starting Good. um but just bring in some some vet that is not not like an upside player, like, oh, we hope this guy's a little bit left. Like, it's got to be a guy that I can throw in there that's not going to be great, but he's going to be good. See, right now, um, it'd be really interesting, the debate as to whether you'd like to see the Cardinals bring a corner into their room, a cornerback, or a wide receiver. Would you rather see the Cardinals bring a wide receiver into the fold? Or would you rather them go out and get a corner? Because right now, you're feeling really, really good if you're the Arizona Cardinals in regard to that cornerback room. I think Vance Joseph will tell you right now, knowing that Marco Wilson, they believe Marco Wilson might be the best corner they have. And yet you've got Byron Murphy as well. And now uh, Byron Murphy grew an awful lot last year, in my opinion. I thought he played okay. He did fade a little bit down the second half of the season, but who didn't? It was really good in the first half, though. Really, really good in the first half, no doubt about it. Um, and now all of a sudden you're telling me you've got, you've got a, a young guy that is a first-round pick who has already proven he can actually play at the NFL level. His rookie year 
did an excellent job right there. I, I'm wondering if the Cardinals might not be looking on the offensive side of the ball. That would make more sense. I mean, it, it, in a perfect world, you could go out and you could add Stephon Gilmore and you could add an edge rusher and you could add a wide receiver. You could do it all in free agency. If this was baseball, you could do it because there's no salary cap. But there is a salary cap. And so the fact that they went out and they got Jeff Gladney and according to Gambo, and Gambo's usually right about this stuff, that uh, that they expect him to be a starter, it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense the way you just posed the question Boy. to then allocate your funds to another corner when you do have a need at receiver at this point. So if, in fact, you had a receiver that is out there, how does that guy, how does that guy look to that's, you? He's, how does this guy right there? What if we just never said Valdez, his name? Oh. Valdez Scantling. How does that look right there? <laughs> I, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you right now, this is a guy who is a big wide receiver who can run and not only a big wide receiver that can run, but he's also a guy that can do some damage, not just run down the field. But when you talk about A.J. Green, um, A.J. Green brought a level of professionalism to that wide receiver position and he produced like we all thought he would. And yet at the same time, Marcus Valdez-Scantling is even more dangerous of a wide receiver. If you put him over the top, running a 4-3-7, he's a big guy who can run. Man, you know what? You put him over the top of D-Hop and even Rondell Moore, now all of a sudden that three wide receiver set looks a lot better too. And not only that, 12 personnel. You want to go 12 personnel? Again, two tight ends, DeAndre Hopkins and Valdez Scantling. I'll roll with that all day. Yeah, yeah. Look, Valdez Scantling is one of those guys that you look at and you could you can get caught in that trap of, okay, it's a fifth-round pick. How good is he? Maybe just because he played with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's just because he played with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Aaron Rodgers made him look better. But the other part to that, Wolf, is... He's played with Aaron Rodgers for three or four years now. Maybe he has gotten better by playing with Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe he was just, everybody missed on him in the 2018 draft when they took him in the fifth round. Definitely somebody that is very interesting, especially because, like you said, the size. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is still out there. Wouldn't be yeah, upset with that addition right. either. Cole Beasley is that's, out there right that's now. And that's a wrinkle that so wasn't was there yesterday. Yeah. You know, I would like that. The, the problem is, man, when you like Rondell Moore to actually be that guy, um, I know that Cole Beasley is not going to run a sub 4-3 right, the way that Rondell Moore can run. I get that, but I see him being more of a slot guy that can run. Um, Cole Beasley is interesting to me because he is only 32. He's a guy that has kept himself in incredible shape as well. Um, yeah, I could see him working the slot for the Cardinals, no doubt about it, but if you ask me, a slot guy or an outside guy, yeah. I'd have to go with an outside guy, man, that could take the top off. Because if you bring in that slot guy, it feels like you still need to add another receiver, doesn't it? And it, it, Even if that slot guy is the greatest slot guy in, in, in the league, I feel like you still need another receiver well, at that point. We've been talking about Rondell Moore and how important it is that Rondell It'd be nice Moore to know what he is. Yeah. Line up and run the nine, run the eight route, run the seven, run that post, run that corner, run the go route. It'd be great to see him do that and develop that part of his game. But right now, we just don't know he can do that. It's still a question mark to me as to whether or not he can fulfill 
all of that goodness. Valdez Scantling? Not so much. This guy can already do it. That makes him really, really interesting. Now, once again, I don't know the guy. I don't know the dude. I don't know his mentality. I don't know if he'd be a good fit. Have no idea. But from a physical perspective, purely physical, and watching him on tape, man, that dude, that's interesting. I'd love to put him over the top of D-Hop. There are a lot of receivers still out there. Um, and I know, I mean, and most lists, by most people's estimation, the biggest one went off the board to the Rams, Allen Robinson. So that, that makes Robinson. it a little bit tough to see him go to the Rams of all teams. But there are still a lot of receivers out there. And also remember, this is supposed to be an extremely deep draft at receiver. Now, I don't know. How do you feel about going into the season with DeAndre Hopkins, a rookie wide receiver, and Rondale Moore? Okay, there's there's you're you're running some risk there. I mean, there's some high upside if that rookie receiver is somebody you took a pick twenty three in a draft where what did you say there might go eight deep in the first round? Yes, at receiver, so you could certainly still get somebody there. Um, but there there's ways to get a receiver, but they do need to get a receiver. <laughs> like it feels weird sitting here four days in and all they've added so far is a corner. Man, but that'd be awesome if they could. <laughs> the more and more I'm thinking about this. Man, um, okay, Allen Robinson running a 4-6, that's okay. He's more of a Robert Woods type. Yeah, That's interesting, right? The Rams yeah. go out and sign him. He's more of a Robert Woods type, I would say. Um, wow, that is, that is really interesting. And Valdez Scantling, why is he still out there? There really hasn't been that much of a run on receivers after Kirk signed. Yeah. What DJ Chark got a year, Allen Robinson. There's been a couple other guys signed, but not. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's been wow. Why is that? That's because Christian Kirk got a quarter of a billion dollars. That's why. (laughs) Every receiver's like, all right, pay me. Research on that. All right, I'm still counting up the BPIs in every region. Uh, We come back. How much does the injury to Steph Curry last night impact what the Suns do going forward? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Recruiting matters. Are you referring to the Zach Ertz tweet? I have no idea what you're talking about, Luke. Recruiting does matter at the professional level anymore, doesn't it? Wake up! Wake up! Run, rush, put a little makeup! I just have to bring away this hiccup! Totally hit the post. Here you go, create another single! You wanted to! Run, rush, put a little makeup! You wanted to! I just have to bring away this hiccup! You wanted to! Who is this? You wanted to! Well, I don't think you trust... This feels like tunnel time music. This is um, System of a Down. You know, I love that right now. That this is System of a Down. Yeah, really? like their first, like their first. I gotta tell you song. right now, I, I've got to listen to these guys more. I think this feels like Wolf music. I, I honestly think this is tunnel time music right here. They totally understand the contrast that is needed. <laughs> <laughs> Most people can see Wolf's face this listening is, to this System of a Down so for the first cool right here, man. <laughs> I've got to do this right now. I only know 
seven or eight of their songs, but they all are, yeah, they're, they're wolf music. Uh, Zach Ertz did tweet at Fletcher Cox. Come on out to the oh, desert, big dog. Here we go. What did you just say? Zach Ertz is tweeting to Fletcher Cox. Oh, okay. Right. Because he's Fletcher Cox was released by the Eagles. So he's out there. Okay, Fletcher Cox. This is a guy that is a three technique extraordinaire by reputation. Now, I haven't watched the tape. I haven't watched a ton of stuff on Fletcher Cox last year or the last two years even, for that matter. But um, you're talking about a guy that by reputation is one of the best three techniques and has been one of the best three techniques in the NFL for years. Wolf's Playbook for Dummies. Three technique. Defensive tackle that lines up on the outside shoulder of the strong side or weak side guard. (laughs) That is well done right there, Mel. It's so good. Uh, All right. Over to basketball. Wolf, did you have any sort of like reaction when Steph Curry got hurt last night in relation to the Suns? Because I got to be honest, my first thought was like, okay, I would rather Golden State was at full strength because I think the Suns go through them anyway. I think it's going to be a great series, but I I don't want any more of this. Well, the Suns only won because this team was missing a player because teams never miss players in the playoffs. But the other thought, though, watching Steph Curry on the floor and then limping off. And at the time last night, they were like, he's getting an MRI. We don't know. And now it sounds like he's just out indefinitely with what amounts to an ankle sprain. Yeah. Um, the other thought, though, is like, do we need to keep playing the Sun starters a whole lot here down the stretch? I yeah. don't want. I don't want that. Uh, I don't want that reenacting itself in a Suns uniform. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke. I'm totally distracted right now. Honestly, by you, Iowa. You brought it up. No, you brought up the the, the Fletcher Cox. Oh boy. Deal. All right. And then the fact that Zach Ertz was. At, would you say that's trying to recruit Fletcher Cox? Would you say that? I mean, it's on social media. Um, yeah, I know. Although DeAndre so, Hopkins did this with J.J. Watt, remember? Then all of a look, sudden, J.J. Watt I, was here. I, I'm sorry to totally derail this part of the beautiful program, but you brought it up. Zach Ertz doesn't strike me as a guy that just <laughs> slap you on the back. What do you say? We can... He see like everything he does, he strikes me as a person where there is a lot of sincerity behind everything that he does. There's a lot of intent behind everything Zach Ertz does and says. And this is why it's got my attention. He's flat out recruiting Fletcher Cox, isn't he? Isn't that an attempt to recruit Fletcher Cox? who's been cut by the Eagles, he's out there drifting, even though the Eagles have a line Yeah, it's on been him, like 20 right? minutes. They I want, think he's okay. No, but still, yeah. they, they want to talk to him. The Eagles want him back, right? Well, everything that Zach Ertz does and says seems to have intent behind it, a sincerity behind it. He's not this joker-type guy, right? So... That's got my attention. Can you imagine open mic night with Zach Ertz? Yeah. Up there doing stand up. <laughs> hey guys, I just want to tell That's you exactly about That's uh, exactly right. He doesn't strike me to be that guy. Hey everybody, cousin Eddie slapping you on the back with the elbow up in the air. That he doesn't strike me to be that dude, man. And because of it, I'm hey, Fletcher Cox. Do, do ask yourself this, Basin audience. Do the do the Cardinals need a guy like Fletcher Cox? Say yes. 
Okay, but here's the problem. Zach Ertz can't, he's not managing the salary cap for the Cardinals. I know, but they, they do have $11 million. And as we've seen, teams uh, massage it around them. Um, uh, we've seen teams that had less salary cap space at the start of free agency spend more money what? than the Cardinals because you can just move everything around. What are you telling me that Fletcher Cox made? Fletcher Cox, what could he is possibly? He made $15 million. Hey! Hey, eleven million isn't that far away from fifteen, especially if you're out there getting cut by your team. That's that's one position that we have talked about in terms of it being a need, but we haven't talked about it really that much. I know you mentioned Calais Campbell a couple of times, but that much in terms of the Cardinals spending a lot of money in free agency. The talk has always been corner, the talk has been receiver, or now the talk is edge rusher. And, I mean, those are the four positions. What we decided, defensive line, receiver, corner, edge, and right guard. Those are the five positions, I guess, that the Cardinals need. Now, in their estimation, they don't need a corner right now. Not not like a bigger money corner. What, did something just happen? You have no, to look on your face like right they just signed well, everybody. What, what, what Maloney just told me in my ear, I can't believe. I, I refuse to believe it. It's... Okay. Insanity. All right. As a matter of fact. Well, you you want to hear it? Is that, is that what you're well, saying? Well, no, you just did. The look on your face was um, like the Cardinals just signed Patrick <laughs> Mahomes or something. No, no. Maloney just told me that at one point, Fletcher Cox ran a 4 4 7. Okay. Now, he wow. is known for his explosiveness. There's no doubt about that, ladies and gentlemen. He is known for his incredible quicks. Yet at the same time, a 4 4 7, that had to be. When he was in a, a much lighter state than what he's running right now, you know he really isn't that old. It feels like Fletcher Cox how has been old? in the league yeah. for a long time. Guess how old Fletcher Cox I'm, is? I'm going to say thirty or thirty-one. Yeah, okay. And the BPI tell you that? No. Okay. Yeah, he's, right? 30, he's thirty-one. Yeah, he's thirty-one years old. He, he just turned thirty-one about see, three months ago. Okay. Three or four so ago. what are you doing, Zach Ertz? Are you recruiting Fletcher Cox? That's what I want to know. Well, I mean, are I don't think he could him? be that much clearer with "Come on out to the desert, big dog." He didn't say anything else. I mean, he said Fletcher Cox's name. It's well, not like we're any, misinterpreting this. Did he use any emojis? No, I bet there's I don't, no I don't emojis. Think, I don't think Zach Ertz is an emoji kind see, of guy, though. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, exactly right. It reinforces my belief that he's not this. Hey, we're just some crazy guy. What, he's, <laughs> That's he's, what you think of people who use emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use emojis, Basinonians. I use emojis only for the Warrior Queen, and that is it. Okay, nobody else will I ever uh, use emojis. Wow. Okay, I respect um, that rule. Okay, I'm just saying. Um, this is, I'm sorry to derail this beautiful part of the program, but we all know this is what the last beautiful part of the program is for, derailing. Um, That's fine, but we're not leaving until you answer Zach, me if the sun should rest some guys, but go ahead. <laughs> Zach Ertz, audience, I think is flat out recruiting Fletcher Cox. Ron Wolfley speculating <laughs> okay i'm not reporting but that honest he doesn't this is what he's doing and this is important and it's stuff that you've got to do and i don't think you're just gonna do it on your own um if in fact there is if i am right listen if i am right about the sincerity of zach ertz if i'm right about that ladies and gentlemen um i would also say zach ertz wouldn't just be doing it on his own accord.
So I'm looking through the, the replies, right? It's just just in case, like, Fletcher Cox replied or something. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of Eagles fans like, Zach, uh, we love you, but no, Fletcher Cox stays here. Okay, it's a bunch, right. of, bunch of Eagles. But, okay. And then I get down to here, and yeah. there's this guy named Paul <laughs> Calvisi with a checkmark next to his name. <laughs> what did Paulie say? It just says, AZ Cardinals DL update desk, question mark. <laughs> I'm like Eagles that's fan, right. Eagles fan, Eagles hey, Paulie, fan. Paul Calvisi. That's Paulie right there, man. I I guarantee you. I, I mean, I would take Fletcher Cox. And you know what's cool about that too? With Paul Calvisi, is his hair base and onions has the texture of a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> that there's a lot to unpack there. I'm just saying right now. Think of it. You know how they smash those Philly cheese steaks down a little bit right there. Just imagine Paul when you look at his quaff. It looks like a Philly cheesesteak. Right. We definitely, even if we didn't have to go, we have to go after that. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and uh, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo up next right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Paul Calrissi.